to episode 39 of the TRA HK podcast. And this afternoon, this morning, or this evening, depending on where you are, I have joining me as usual, Elliot. Elliot, how are you? I'm fine. I was I was I was waiting for my last name, but <laughs> decided to skip that one. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Good. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a uh, Vanderstreek uh, Playground non-alcoholic IPA. Okay. Getting very we fancy. Def- yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still doing dry January, so I've got a can of what's called Impossi Brew, uh, okay. which is uh, it's a very nice pale ale. Uh, only here, you can only find it here in the UK, but it's done by a Hong Kong expat. So some guy that came over from Hong Kong a few years ago didn't like beer. Well, he didn't like alcohol, but loved beer. So he did his own version, 0.05 alcohol, but it's got some extracts to make you relaxed. Ooh, I'm not sure. Very nice. Yes. I'm not sure. It says green tea and some other Asian extracts. Uh but yeah, apart from that, I have no idea. But it tastes good. Do I feel relaxed afterwards? Well, I just want to drink one more. So uh, anyway, <laughs> but after that, that's my dry January over. I will be going on to real drinks next. <laughs> after, is it Wednesday? Wednesday is the end of January. Wow, it's been long. So uh, what's been going on? I heard you did, had a little outing in Sai Kung. Yes, I did the Grand Sam. I did the Grand Ooh. Sam, the Hong Kong 100 Grand Sam. So for those of you who don't know what the Grand Sam is, it's named after Sam Tam, actually, who was the first to run the 33K, followed the 32K, followed by the 56K, and the next day, uh, the 103K. So the third, the half, and the full. So, um, you know, last year there were 10 participants. This year there were over 115 participants. So it's uh, becoming quite a, a category in itself. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You enjoyed it? So I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was my birthday present to myself. So my birthday was on the Friday. So I, I thought, you know, it'd be a shame to just stay with a, just stick to a 56. So instead I said, let's do a big hurrah and and, and do the whole 192K and 9,000 meters of elevation gain for the three days. Okay. So and what what time did you do it in? All three? Do you have I did your hours? 30, 30 hours and 45 minutes, I think. I I, uh, I struggled on the last 15K of the Hong Kong 100. So that probably, I, I lost about an hour. I decided to sleep on the top of Tai Mo Shan. Um, Why? So Why would you do that? I was, I was very tired. I was very sleepy. You only have so to I roll decided... down the hill. So there's nothing well, to I was, do at all. I wasn't quite at the top yet. I was still on the other side. Uh, right, right. So, you had that nasty yeah. sort of uh, steep road section. Yeah. yeah, I heard about a couple of other uh, Grand Sammers, we should call them. A guy called, uh, I can't pronounce his name, as usual, my pronunciation, Pili Hu. He did it in 34.56, but then he went on and did the Hong Kong Marathon a few hours later. Yes. Which is yeah. 5.45. And then I there's there were uh, two of them. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, Yu Ling Chen did it as well in 36 hours and then he did the marathon in a sub six hour but the interesting thing is from the hong kong 100 finishing line he had 93 minutes to get to the start of the hong kong marathon line so that would have been interesting the logistics there yeah yeah i wonder if he had good on them 
yeah, I wonder if he had time to, you know, get changed, put on some deodorant and uh, get cracking with another. So, uh, wow, uh-huh. big, big super kudos. Four, four full days of uh, uh, running. Uh, just great. Yeah, but anyway, we are going to be talking to Ying Ying and Rachel and Tyler Green later in this episode. Uh, yeah. Regarding their Hong Kong 100, There's, I've listened to the interviews. Really good. I mean, I can't believe Rachel did it in three hours. The the third, absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah she but, was uh, flying. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, uh, I guess you heard I uh, DNF the spine. Uh, I heard. Uh, I heard. I heard. Yeah. So yeah, tell but, us about it. How did it? Tell us what 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 went wrong or what went right or, until it went wrong. Well, I did all the planning, the logistics. Uh, I got all my uh, kit prepared, and the kit preparation is—you uh, really have to be on key with this. Uh, it's not only the gear you have to get right and correct, because you can't just go and buy the cheapest sort of gear that will just get you past mandatory uh, kit check. You really want to have something that's going to basically. And I'll explain reasons why later on, but you really want something that's going to basically keep you alive because you are in one of the most remotest and uh, barren places in the UK. Not that there's many of them left, Uh, but yes, I had basically almost two of everything and uh, basically I had a huge kit bag, a hundred litre kit bag. So it's not like you can rock up with a drop bag with like a pair of socks and a couple of gels. You really need to have a serious amount of stuff in your uh, big kit bag and you have to limit it to 20 kilos and you need, and I basically, I was organized. So I had a, a kit checklist, which I laminated. So the first thing I opened when a bag, I pulled it out and it will say things like charge up your head torch charge batteries, charge your phone, clean your teeth, get some food in, all these sorts of things to get done. And also uh, all my uh, nutrition. I went on the line of uh, what Nikki Han said to me when she did the race across Scotland, you know, go for real food, can't beat real food because on these sort of distances, gels and sort of stuff, it's, well, she, she found it, uh, you know, not very helpful. So I did that. I went for the real food. Uh, it's quite surprising things like bags of nuts, assorted nuts were like almost like seven, 800 calories and like a, uh, one block of, uh, chocolates, you know, the higher the percentage in cocoa, the higher the, uh, calorie value. So I just basically for each checkpoint, I had to leave with three and a half thousand calories and I would, uh, just write itemize all the bits that was in the Ziploc bag and their calorific value. And then a total just to, so they didn't have to get a calculator and count it all. So, you know, getting these sort of things uh, organized uh, is crucial. And, you know, one of the things on the kit, uh, checkpoint list is, you know, leave with gloves, make sure you've got gloves. Because if you go without gloves or you've got nothing for your hands, your, your race is over basically because you'll freeze. So, yeah, on the I saw before- I saw some of the, yeah, I saw some of the footage and it looked, uh, it looked pretty cold, and we were complaining about the the cold uh, this week in Hong Kong. Yeah. But uh, I think it was next level stuff when you uh, when you saw the footage. Well, the night before the race, I stayed in a hotel in uh, Hawes, and uh, I was drinking with uh, a chap called uh, James Malbro. I'll explain more about him later. Uh, this guy, he's done it before. He was thinking, "Oh, it's nice and sunny outside. It's only going to be about minus four, minus five. I think I'll do it in shorts." 
So uh, as we're sipping uh, a couple of pints of Guinness, zero alcohol Guinness, I must remind you, uh, there's a chap of Oliver and Ange that was there as well. And we were just joking about, okay, let's see if you turn up with uh, uh, shorts and stuff. Because this guy's done serious uh, expedition races in the Arctic and the Antarctic. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. So it was very interesting listening to them and then doing that mandatory kit list, uh, kit check, which is in a different area. And everything is checked, double checked. Your sleeping bag is checked. Your gas canister, I got told off on my gas canister because it was only like a third full and I really needed to have a full one, which I did have a spare one anyway. So, uh, but yeah, just the evening before the sun was setting, there was snow on the peaks and I thought, this is going to be great, you know. And uh, the night before, I think, I went, walked through the village, thought I'd get something stodgy and fatty to fill me up. So I just went for a pizza, believe it or not, uh, the night before. And uh, felt good, had a good sleep. Then on the uh, the day, I met up with a mate of mine, Stuart McNicole, who uh, I do recce's with. He lives out of Morpeth. Uh, and it was great. The spirits were great. We were at the start line in the dark, minus five. Some guy kept taking pictures of us. And, uh, you know, just the anticipation of, you know, it's 160 miles or 278 kilometers uh, of cold. And we knew that on day two, there was going to be a snowstorm coming in uh, and a pretty strong one. So we already knew that the cold temperatures were coming. It was going to be about a minus 20 plus uh, wind chill. And uh, up on this mountain called Crossfell, it's the windiest place in England. Uh, and I'll tell you more about that later. But yeah, everything went well. We ran along uh, after the start. We ran along beautiful sunshine. The sunrise going up Great Shunnerfell was absolutely amazing. You know, I did. I wanted to enjoy it. I looked back. I took pictures of the people coming up the hill. It's quite a gentle sort of rise. It's no Lantau Peak or anything. Uh, but still, I mean, the ground was solidly frozen. By then, it was getting up to about minus eight, something like that. So uh, I basically had sealskin socks on. I had uh, waterproofs on, basically to cut any wind. I had thermal pants on underneath that. I had a Paramo jacket on. Uh, and basically, I had an eight-kilo backpack with water uh, and fluids. Now... With fluids in your bag, I had an insulated bladder and uh, the soft, soft flasks. That Actually, was a frozen, mistake. Right? Yeah, that was frozen. a mistake, basically, because uh, on day two, when I was crossing uh, Crossfell on my own at first, I was starting to get dehydrated because sure. everything was frozen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I couldn't get anything out of my bladder, even though it's one of these insulated uh, tubes. I couldn't get anything out of that. It was just frozen. Uh, both my uh, soft flask were frozen. Literally, the only way I could get water was I'd had to take the tube, unscrew the cap. But even mm. the cap was frozen in the, you know, the screw bit. Yeah. So I had to really use my strength to uh, open it up. And that's the only way I could get a drink. Uh, but an interesting thing is a Canadian came along and uh he showed me a good trick he used one of these hard bottles you know the hard flasks with a short stumpy uh straw not one of these long ones yeah and basically he had them upside down on his chest 
So basically, okay. when it freezes, it freezes at yeah. the top, which is actually yeah. the bottom of the uh, flask. So all you have to do is just take it out and then you can drink because it's the bottom that's frozen, not the mm. top. So, yeah, you know, those sort of things were interesting to learn. But, yeah, day one was good uh, after the first sort of. You know what Bear Grylls would tell you to do? You know what well, Bear Grylls would tell you to do? He'd tell you to pee on them and they'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that because I couldn't pee. I was dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the first sort of like, they call it a 0.5 checkpoint. So it's checkpoints 2.5 or something was this pub. It's the highest pub in England. And uh, yeah, so when I got in there, uh, Damien Hall, who came second, uh, mm. he he was there, had a little chat. And then we went out from the Tan Hill pub and then I had a little chat with Damien Hall. But yeah, he was fast, but he stopped to have a chat with us. And then he just plodded along. Very, very nice guy. And then uh, let's see, it was just a long trudge to the next next checkpoint. There was a couple of farms where you could stop. The, the farmers had opened their barns up and there's like a table with an honesty box and they had hot water, tea, coffee, snacks. And you just put coins or whatever money in the honesty box and you could just sit there, relax, have a hot cup of uh, whatever, coffee, tea, and then carry on, which is great. The only thing was, though, uh, there's no no public toilets so you know you either had to pee out in the open or if you had to do a number two that's why you had to, to have the mandatory shovel and uh oh, oh really you have a shovel yeah you have to have like a, a little shuttle you can buy them off amazon they weigh next to nothing but the problem was is if you wanted to the ground was frozen so you couldn't yeah. dig anywhere because it was solid frozen uh but yeah it's fantastic i was with uh, quite a few people going along i made it to the first checkpoint uh the last eight miles before it was long and hard uh because psychologically you knew it was eight miles but it went so slowly because you're next to a river and it just kept going over styles it's like you know uh horse racing going over jumps you know every hundred yards so you gotta go over a style and each one was different but uh, I made a plan. I was going to sleep at that checkpoint because I had six hours. I could stay there for maximum six hours. I got there and uh, John Kelly served me uh, uh, curry chicken. Uh, really? Hall was there as well. Yep, yep. Well, John Kelly, he uh, he pulled out at CP1. Uh, oh. And then I guess uh, after that, he just went and volunteered at the checkpoints after pulling out. He had an ankle injury. Uh, but then... Uh, it's just fantastic just seeing him at uh, the checkpoints helping out uh, like checkpoint volunteers do. So that was really uh, cool to see. But the problem with that checkpoint, uh, it was in a youth hostel where they have bunk beds upstairs. But I got my kit bag, but everyone else had their kit bag. So you're fighting for room. So the only thing I bothered to charge up was my manual GPS, uh, the uh, handheld one. Uh, my watch battery was still good. I had plenty of these little, uh, you know, charger things. You know, these sort of handy little things with 10,000 Martin. Uh, I had a few of those, so I didn't need to charge anything up. Uh, and then I tried to get some sleep, and I just couldn't sleep. It was just, you know, I had four hours sleep I could have, and I just couldn't get it in my mind to sleep yeah. at all. Sure. Even though... My uh, my feet were starting to really be really bad, blister up uh, pretty bad, especially my big toe. Like the whole toe was just one big blood blister. So I thought, well, uh, just rest it. I raised it, you know, uh, 
but I was on a top bunk of a bunk bed. So it's difficult. The bunk bed was short. It's made for someone who's like, I don't know, five foot five. So my feet were dangling over the edge. So it just wasn't comfortable. Uh, and then yeah, woke up and then they told us there was a diversion in place because with it being so cold and the next section went up by uh, a very big river, but there's like rocks, scrambly rocks and a big waterfall you need to climb up. And because they deemed it so unsafe because wh whatever was wet was frozen solid, uh, we had to do a road round to a place called High Kutnik, uh, which was good. Uh, it's junk miles, you can call it. It's easy miles because you're on a lot of tarmac road on that section. So, you, you, you know, you just get through the miles pretty quickly. And then uh, next thing I know on High Kutnik, I was with uh, Claire Banworth, who was the lady. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then uh, was with her for about uh, 15, 20 minutes. She did go down the wrong way, started going down the very sort of dangerous path over a cliff, cliff way and a big waterfall. And I'd say, no, come back, come back. I'm pretty sure I wrecked it the week before. It's this top half here. I mean, navigation was key. Uh, so it was good to see her there. And then I got down into the next uh what they called uh, another 0.5 checkpoint, Dufton, where they have the, in the local village a little cafe stays open 24 hours just for all the spine racers. So you can have a big breakfast, so I had a big like uh, sausage sandwich. There's a drink there called Iron Brew, Scottish drink made from girders apparently. It tastes like rusty water, but uh, it's uh, good to have. And then I looked at the weather forecast and I thought, you know, I should have got, I shouldn't have bothered with that sleep because I couldn't sleep anyway. I slept maybe five minutes. I should have just left the checkpoint after I sorted my stuff out after one hour because then I could have got ahead of the snowstorm that was due to hit Crossfell. And then I just thought, what could possibly go wrong? I just thought, sorry, I'm going up. I'll go up the hill. Uh, there's four hills you need to go up and down. And I thought, right, I'm just going to go up and I'll just take my chances, basically. Uh, I already changed my uh, coat. I went to what's called the Buffalo Smock. Uh, they have this uh, coat called Buffalo Systems, where it's basically a waterproof with fleece lining. And you wear basically, you're supposed to wear nothing underneath it. But I just wore a very thin sort of base layer underneath it. And that was it. And I was really warm in that thing. Brilliant piece of kit. And uh, you probably saw the photo. I had the hood that goes with it and the mitts and yeah. the face thing. Uh, so I started climbing up the hill. I did take a wrong uh, turn. So I did an extra couple of K for no reason. Came back when I noticed I was uh, wrong. And then I bumped into a couple of ladies. There was Siobhan and their friend. And they were directing me how to get up to uh, Great Dunfell. There's Greenfell. There's a few others before we got to Crossfell. But I remember there's a, it's Great Dunfell. They have a weather station or a radar station for all air traffic control. And uh, it looks like it's set in the Antarctica, one of those sort of movable uh, buildings. And they've got all the snow mm. diggers and uh, all the heavy weather stuff. And I remember seeing the fence. And the fence was basically just a wire fence. But it's just solid with ice because the wind was just coming from the west, whipping up the hill. Uh, with the snow and the moisture, just the fence was just basically turned into a wall of ice. That's what it was. You do, re do realise, Steve, you're not selling this well. You're not selling this well, at least not to me, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, right now, I yeah. I, I'm com confirming the fact that I don't intend to race this race at all. Just oh, by, wait. By, 
it gets better. Yeah, it gets better. So anyway, uh, by then all my my watch was frozen, my Garmin was frozen. Uh, I didn't want to take my hands out of my mitts to read my uh, Garmin device, but uh, that was frozen as well. So the screens, it was just solid ice over the screen. So, you know, touch responsive was no good. Uh, and then Siobhan, the lady that was with us, did it old school and got a compass out and a map, took a bearing and said, OK, we need to go this way. And then we managed to find the trail again few more ups and downs but then when we got to Crossfell, that was wicked the wind was around about 80 miles an hour so we were talking about 120 130 kph the wind with the snow the visibility was down to about 10 meters and wow. and those you could not see the trail at all there was no indication of where the trail was because the snow was deep uh, and the footprints literally if someone walked by within five minutes those footprints had gone uh, because the snow just drifted uh, over the footprints. Uh, but we were circling around for about an hour up there, and then we came across what's called Greg's Hut. Uh, they call it the noodle bar because the guy in there cooks these noodles. We finally managed to find the uh, hut. I did slip a few times. I uh, fell down into a bog uh, a couple of times. You can't see it. You're just going down the snow and ice, and all of a sudden you just break through and then you're in uh, uh basically uh up just above your knee in mud and uh you know water uh but yeah we finally got to greg's hut uh he had the fire going and we were one of the last ones off the hill because unbeknown to me they had stopped any more racers from going up the mountain they kept them at the last checkpoint in dufton and held them there for a few hours because conditions were too bad up on Crossfell, uh, which was, you know, it, it was interesting. And then the guy I mentioned to you who uh, I was drinking with the night before, James Malbray, he actually got lost up there. He was on his own. And this is a guy that's got experience in the Antarctic and Arctic doing expedition races. So he decided to bivy up. So he just basically... Okay, yeah. Uh, got in his baby bag, sleeping bag, and he thought he would just wait it out. He got his uh, hiking poles, stood them in the snow, and then he put his head torch on top of them with the red flashing light. So oh, if so anyone came looking see. for, yeah. see where he was. Uh, yeah. And that's so that, that, that is experience. That's experience for you because a lot of yeah. people would not would not yeah. think to do anything like that. But that's experience for you. So it goes yeah. to show that a lot of people would just uh, you know uh, probably uh, huddle up in a in a little hole yeah. somewhere, but not think about getting rescued. But he 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 thought uh, definitely smart smart thinking. Yeah, yeah, to totally smart move. And it was a couple of uh, that ended up coming to Greg's hut. Uh, went back up to go and look for him and found him and helped him down basically. Yeah. And he yeah. he DNF'd it. Uh, he he couldn't do it anymore. And this is a guy who, who does Iron Man plenty of times, and uh, he was explaining to me he spent like close to a hundred thousand pounds on gear and stuff. So he's no stranger or no rookie at this at all. But uh, you know, it's just one of those things. If you get hit by bad weather, it's being prepared and knowing what to do. So sure, yeah, yeah because it's a question of life and death. Yeah, but by this time, my Achilles had uh, popped up. Uh, I started getting a really bad lump and a bad rub on my foot. Yeah. And uh, I had it before, and I knew 
because I'd recce the, the 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 pass before the sections. I knew there was another twenty four hours of mainly bog, bog, and more bog before getting to Hadrian's Wall, and yeah. uh, I, I just didn't want to. And with the ground being frozen as well, uh, I just decided I'll get to Alston, have my lasagna, have a sleep. I could have an eight hour sleep there if I wanted. Well, an eight hour stay. Uh, but then I just decided, no, uh, I looked at my feet, uh, looked at my Achilles. They had a medic there that looked at it and advised me not to carry on. And I just thought, well, sure. I've still got another no, 130K to go. And and uh, yeah, I it just didn't. I just decided, OK, that's it. You know, I'm just going to pull out here. So, yeah. So it, it the spine beat me again. But boy, was it worth it. I loved it. You know, well, you know, I did. You know, they uh, they call it Britain's most brutal. And after seeing those yeah, weather conditions do. and everything, uh, yes, would I do it again? Not the winter one. I think that Crossfell experience, kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to be put in that sort of situation again. And you know, it's worrying for family and stuff. I know other people sure. do it, and you know, they don't really care, but. Yeah, I don't really want to put myself, uh, I count myself as lucky that I had those two ladies uh, with me to help me, uh, guide me through. And also uh, Scott there, the guy from Canada, uh, is good. You know, we sort of like a team, we sort of helped each other out to get down off the hill. But uh, yeah, I just didn't want to be in those conditions. Uh, I didn't want to be put in that sort of situation again. I would do the summer one, definitely. Because on the summer one, mm. I could just sleep wherever. You know, it's it's dry, it's warm, it's above zero. But uh, yeah, but some interesting facts about that, as you know, John Kelly dropped off, but it was uh, Jack Scott. I don't know if you saw the guy that finished it. He smashed a record by yeah, uh, he did ten hours, uh, and he beat Damien Hall by ten hours. Uh, just a yeah. uh, you know, just under ten hours. And smashing uh, Jasmine Paris's record, and interestingly enough, the guy that came third is uh, Conrad Rolick. That's actually Jasmine Paris's husband. Oh wow! <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah. And it's he a was very just talented a... family. Yes, exactly. And then Claire Banworth did it in ninety-two hours. Uh, the lady that came behind Hanno Rickman, who was second, Lucy Gossage. She she was the one. Uh, there was a guy uh, and a lady that went up to uh, collect uh, the person off the top of Crestfell who bivvied up. She actually ended up coming uh, third because uh, they actually gave her a bit of time. Back, yeah, sure. That's usually, yeah. You know, sure. so, you know, which was good because I remember being in Alston when they informed her, oh, we're going to give you, uh, I think it was a couple of hours credit based because uh, you went up and you helped this guy. Uh, yeah, which is absolutely know, fair bring him down but yeah i mean it's a great event so well uh organized but it's you know you've got to be prepared it's the elements you know i did kind of miss hong kong quite a bit when i was up there thinking god you know you, know, you want to hear a funny hong one kong. go on you want to hear a funny one this is this is a, a i i used my uh my space blanket on the last section uh going up taimoshan <laughs> It just got cold. I was really tired and sleepy and mm. I, I had a very light jacket and I just got cold and I just needed something to warm up. 
and then uh, I took out my bl space blanket. The only problem with the space blanket is when it's all nice and packed tight and small when you when you when you buy it. But once you open it up, it doesn't pack as small as you had it when at the beginning. That's it. So it's one time so use. I had, a big, yeah. I had I had big ball in my hand, and mm. I uh, I ran with it from uh, yeah I ran it with it for about eight k. Uh, but it, it it helped it helped a lot. It kept me warm. So I was I was freezing uh, and then it kept me warm. So that was a good thing. So it yeah. goes to show why, uh, you know, you can easily get cold. So imagine, you know, in places like where you were. I mean, if you're not properly dressed well, for it, then, yeah. then it's the, yeah, you can easily die from it. The interesting thing is, is the only time I actually got cold was after I came down from Crossfell from the mountain, and. Uh, you go. You come to this village called uh, Carrigal, and uh, they said to us, "Oh, we've opened up the village hall, so you can go there, have a hot drink, have a rest before you do the next." Uh, I think it was six or seven k to the uh, checkpoint, Alston. Mm -hmm. So I said, "Okay." So me and the Canadian guy, we went there. We had a cup, cup of tea, and then when I came out, that's when I felt cold, really sure. cold. Yeah, you know, sure. because when it, when it hits you, the, the cold hits yeah. you like that. And basically, yeah, just had to get moving again very quickly yeah, yeah. to build yeah, up sure. your, uh, you know, build up your internal, internal heat. heat again. Yeah, to get yeah. that on again. And yeah. once that was on, then that was fine. But I was saying, yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't rate that coat uh, any higher, that that uh, Buffalo System smock. You know, it just cut out the wind, cut out the cold. Uh, I was I was nice and toasty, even though it's minus 20. Uh, I did have to wear. I don't know if you saw. I had to wear goggles at one point because they get something. Yeah, called, uh, well, I saw. Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of the competitors were wearing goggles, ski goggles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Yeah, and we had to wear uh, spikes as well. Uh, uh, yeah. They have these things over here called yak tracks, which is like metal okay. coils, which you just slip on. You can slip them onto your hokers or uh, whatever uh but i had two pairs of those because one of them uh they're not one time use once you've used them and you've gone over a bit of concrete they just fall apart so uh i okay. didn't get the the real tough spikes out but yeah the yak tracks were pretty good but uh yeah it's uh definitely an experience and definitely uh uh recommend it you know i was thinking of you know why am i doing this instead of uh doing what ryan would ryan wheeler would do which is playing Darts and snooker and watching Liverpool, but no, I preferred it up uh, <laughs> up on Crossfell. So, yeah. but yeah, that's my experience. Now I'm resting. Well, well, well done. Uh, you know, uh, see what happens. Uh, I don't have anything for a while, uh, and then uh, yeah, let's see. So, what else? We have an interview with Ying Ying. Tell us a bit about Ying Ying yeah. before we get into it. Yeah, so Ying Ying is uh, a local trail runner here in Hong Kong, a, a very well-known trail runner in Hong Kong. Uh, he, he has a, a lot of background in uh, in Ironmans. Uh, he's mm. done many Ironmans, but he's also done, done a lot of you know a lot of trails. He's done hundred k's. He's he's done. Uh, you'll listen to the to interview, but he's done a few few longer ones as well. So uh, yeah, he uh, he went out on the Grand Sam and he smashed it. He came first, so amazing uh, result for him. Uh, and then we have uh, Rachel Drake and uh, Tyler Green from the U.S. Uh, who came over to race uh, both the third and the uh, and the full. So again, we get to speak to them. Really nice people. Uh, all three have been really nice. So I hope uh, that the view the listeners will will enjoy the interviews. 
Okay then, so with no further ado, let's go straight in and first listen to Ying Ying and then afterwards we'll listen to uh, you chat with uh, Rachel and Tyler. Uh, I'm Elliot Frodevo and here with me is uh, Chung Kitsang aka Ying Ying. Ying Ying, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how everybody and Yunus. <laughs> nice to see you. So so it's been one week uh, since you did the Grand Sam, the Hong Kong 100 Grand Sam. Now, some people don't know what the Grand Sam is. So the Grand Sam is um, the Hong Kong 100, but there are three races. There is the Hong Kong 100 third, which is on a Thursday, which is 32 kilometers and 1400 meters of elevation. There is on Friday the half, which is 56 kilometers and 2,100 meters of elevation. And finally, there is the full, which is the full distance, 103K and 5,300 meters of elevation. So the total Grand Sam challenge is 192 kilometers and almost 9,000 meters of elevation gain. So my question to you, how do you feel after just a few days after your result? Um, now it's about one week. Uh, I I find it's okay. Yeah, um, but just uh, I rest on the Sunday. So after the race, uh, one day I and uh, the second day I do a uh, bike and uh, swim for recover. Uh, that's good for muscle low, low painful, low cramp. It's uh, it's good for me, and uh, I can eat. <laughs> yeah, and uh, can sleep. That's main point. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So. Uh, you know, I think people have to realize just how fast you were because you ran uh, the three distances in a total time of 22 hours and three minutes. Most people would not even finish the Hong Kong 100 in 22 hours and three minutes, but you did all three races in that time. So my, my question is, you know, you were the overall champion. You beat your nearest rival, Dizzy Liang from China. Uh, by by I think uh, uh, 26 minutes yeah 26 minutes and then you you and the third place was uh, uh, Sanjay Sherpa from Nepal uh, one hour and 13 minutes behind so you were quite ahead of the two um, so based on your ITRA scores okay Dizzy Liang and Sanjay Sherpa are in the 800s you are in the 700s so when you went into this race, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, I want to win? Or were you thinking, I'm just going to see how things develop? Uh, for beginning, I was racing just for the uh, the third because I, I didn't uh, finish the third. So I, I, I want to do that. But I think this is too short for me. And uh, so I, I was racing for the field or the and, and a half and a and same is Grand Slam, but so I just uh, do Grand Slam and the decide for the for the last minute. Okay. Yeah. So you decided to do the Grand Slam last minute. Yeah. But my question is, when you arrived at the start of the Grand Slam, did you say I want to win, or did you say uh, hopefully I can podium, or what was your what was your thinking? No, never. I I I don't know the design and the Sherpa what is each other's cause and. Uh, you send me the question, I, I just see, oh, 
there is a 800, I don't know that, <laughs> yeah. Because my wife, uh, the fun that the HR has got for, uh, for me to watch, wow, it's 800, I don't know, I don't know that. Um, and uh, I never thinking can win and uh, on the podium, yeah. Just that's I enjoy the race. That's amazing. That's amazing. So on the first day, the Thursday was the third, okay, the distance 32K, and you finished in fourth overall. Now, I think people need to understand what fourth overall is in an international field of competitors. There was Vlad Ixel who finished second. There was some very, very fast runners, and you were very close to them. You finished maybe 10 minutes behind, 10 minutes behind. So when you were racing against Dizzy and, um, and, Sh- and Sanjay, did you, were you following them or were you racing your own race or were you following Vlad? What were you doing? Um, for the, the first race, on the beginning, I, I, I don't follow any, anyone. <laughs> because I just uh, uh, use my, my, my pace to, to go them. And, but I, I many time with uh, Adisi. Uh, to get together on the on the east dam, yeah, and uh, to the hunting, hunting, uh, he 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 out, he 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 so maybe some problem on the high tree, the high tree, yeah. and uh, and then I go first and uh, uh, to the finish, yeah. But I, I didn't see the uh, Ash- Sherpa. Oh. Yeah, Sherpa was was uh, I think he was a little bit behind you. Yeah, he I think he yeah he was definitely behind you. So you didn't race with with uh, Sanjay, you, no, really with Dizzy only. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So you ran the 32k, you ran it very fast. How were you feeling after the 32k, and what were you thinking for the next day? Uh, that is interesting. <laughs> I don't know because I, I. I many back to back to race and in Hong Kong before, so I have uh, experience. The f- uh, 32 km is uh, not too not too long. It's okay. Yeah, and I on the race just uh, 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 told myself just uh, uh, not relax, just keep the pacing and not too hard. It's okay. So just a comfortable pace and uh, go to f- uh, go my uh, uh, flow. Just 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 that. So you're saying that at 3.03, you did 3.03, I think, uh, 3.03, 3.03, I think, yeah, 3.04 maybe. So 3.04 was a comfortable pace for you, because that's a, that's a very fast pace, so I'm very impressed, absolutely very impressed. A uh, lot, yeah, it's comfortable. Well, yeah, very impressed, you should, be, you should be very proud with that. So the next day, 56K, 2,100 meters, I did it with you I mean I I was also doing the Grand Slam and frankly speaking my legs were a bit tired because I pushed a bit hard on the first one Uh, I felt a bit ah okay here we go you know another race how were you feeling yeah same same on the the first day I just keep the comfortable pacing because uh, the first day I on the on the first 10k about on the damn just uh, four minutes pacing yeah and uh, and uh, the second day is I use the uh, 4:30, so it's a uh, it's still okay. And uh, tell tell myself don't too hard, don't too hard on the on the first two day. And then and um, on the and uh, 
past the harm thing. Also, and I have uh, some power on my leg, and uh, I some little bit increase the pacing, and uh, go to finish. Yeah. So, regarding when you were you were, I think you were racing more with uh, Sanjay the second day. Is it? Uh, no, I just see uh, the Sanjay on the checking. Yeah, at one time. Oh, so you were always ahead the whole time. I think almost. Yeah. And it was hot. It was already starting to get hot on Friday. Uh, for January, you know, it's quite it's quite hot. It was a very hot weekend, not like the week now, which is very cold. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think that this worked in your favor? Because I know that Dizzy and I think Sanjay they they live up north. Uh, Dizzy lives in North China and then Sanjay lives in Nepal so obviously colder weather so how did you feel with the heat did you did you have no problem with the heat yeah I have no problem because I, I love the heat and uh, I love the hot and I training on the hot weather in Hong Kong is a uh, in my life yeah so so I, I I I can I can do it well yeah I think it's my my best part okay so your best part definitely the heat yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I hate the heat but I hate the cold as well. <laughs> Many people, uh, yeah, you told me about 16, uh, 16% is dropped on the Hong Kong 100. Yeah, 40% dropped. Yeah, 40% dropped. So maybe it's, it's too hot for, for them. Yeah, And I see that these are uh, also on the on the second day is take off the tea and I switch with two and many, many. Yeah. So uh, he was sweating a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Mm. And, uh, and uh, the Hong Kong 100, is also many many so when you finished your race so you did it in five hours and 41 minutes yep. you went home did you do any uh, recovery bath did you do ice bath did you do massage did you do any what, what did you do to prepare for the 100k I sleep and eat and then I, I use the massage gun and uh, da -da 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 and the massage my my legs yeah and uh, uh, it's uh, just, just relax yeah for the for the, for the for the for the day. So did you manage to sleep well after the 50k? Yeah, like a dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next morning, so the next morning is day three. Frankly speaking, after day two, I was I I had enough. Uh, I wanted to go and stay in my on my couch and sleep, but we still had to go and run 100k. So how were you feeling when you woke up in the morning? Were you feeling relaxed? Were you feeling fresh? Were you feeling tired? A little bit, little bit tired is uh, for sure. I, I think you, you, you must, yeah. But uh, I can handle that. Yeah, I, I love fast, but I can go smooth, I think, yeah. So, so the race, okay, the, the hundred, so Thursday was warm, Friday was warmer, and Saturday was the warmest day. Okay, yep. I think we had over almost 30 degrees. I think on the on the upper part, yeah, I, yeah. or or more. I don't know. It felt it felt very hot. Um, so you you did a time of you ran in a time of three hours and eight. Uh, sorry, 13 hours and 18 minutes. Yeah. So 13 hours and 18 minutes at the back of 100 total nine, 192k and almost 9,000 meters of elevation gain. So the last time you ran the Hong Kong 100, you ran it in 2019, and you ran it in 12 hours and 56 minutes. So just basically 20, 22 minutes faster than this year, but with fresh legs. So generally, how did you feel during this race? And, and 
And is there some of the training that you did over the last two years that make you feel like you are stronger in the long distance? Yeah, I think I'm stronger. Uh, because I, on the, on the last, is, uh, 2019, I was very higher on the CP5. So I, this year, I used the slower pacing on the, on the first part, and, and, that, and that's work. And uh, I uh, hold the power and energy to the, to the uh, second part. Yeah, that, that's good for me. And then the temperature is uh, so good for me. Because uh, uh, I just talking to, to, uh, to say MC on the second day, uh, maybe t tomorrow is a uh, it was two two degrees of which is better for me and and then <laughs> that is just it's a it's a truth so 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 i'm so happy on the on the saturday yeah, <laughs> the yeah. yeah. absolutely the weather was very warm yeah. um yeah so so that's uh that that was uh that was very interesting so uh but you know i one thing when you mentioned regarding the pacing you talk about the pacing i think a lot of people in hong kong they they always make the same mistake they run the first part too fast yeah. and I think it's a big mistake and they always pay for it or they DNF at Kaling Ha. It's, it's, it's Kaling Ha because they look at Maon Shan and they think, oh no, I don't want to do Maon Shan. Exactly. So it's super important to pace yourself slower in the first half and then accelerate in the second half. Absolutely. So, um, so you finished in 13 hours and, uh, and um, 18 minutes. So at the end of the at the end of the at the finish, uh, there's a video, uh, the official video of the Hong Kong 100, where you could see the people cheering you, ying 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 ying. So how did you feel? That's so touching, yeah. Because uh, Hong Kong is my hometown, uh, and then I I I almost allow every volunteer on the trip on, all all trip on they say ying ying go ying ying go. I'm, I I'm. I'm so touching on the on the, on the on the whole way, and I I just uh, uh told, told told myself I just keep going, keep going, yeah, and and then on the last on the finish I, I don't know many people say yeah, yeah, I don't I I just go to on the uh maybe I last last two hundred I I can I can hear that wow what's what happened <laughs> I I don't know and then on um, on the finish and uh I think it's uh, I I. I I not do it myself and uh, just for for always Hong Kong. Yeah, that's wonderful. So one one thing I I I didn't ask you this question, but I'm going to ask it to you now. Um, when did you actually know that you? When did you feel I have this? I am going to win this. When did you think in yourself uh, in your heart that you were going to win? Uh, on the on the last day about CP5 and. My wife said, uh, oh, you, you are ahead in, in, in your you know, group, in your Grand Slam. I, I, don't, I said, I, I don't know, but I just still to, to go. And on the, on the last part, yeah, on the second part, I, I think I may be, my, I may be winning, yeah. Because, because uh, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the first. <laughs> sure, yeah. absolutely. So talking about your wife, so, you know, um, your wife is Angel, is it? Angel, yeah. So Angel uh, supports you most of your races, is it? Or or some of the races? Some. Some of the races. The, the big races. The big races. So how do you f how how do you feel that this plays uh, is plays as an advantage 
uh, hopefully <laughs> advantage, not disadvantage, but generally, how 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 does the team work between the two of you? Yes, um, she support me uh, many ma many times on the race. Uh, he know he know me what what we want. Yeah, and she she will buy the food and uh, advice. Uh, I I want to keep keep what pacing and uh, what to do on the race and uh, that is important yeah for the support yeah definitely support uh, definitely yeah, yeah. very important absolutely so one thing we, we we look at you you know in the trail community and we look at you as a trail runner but I think you have a huge amount of experience in another discipline which is the triathlon the Ironman yeah. and a lot of people who might not know your background You've done, from what I understand, about 20 full or half ma uh, half Ironman that I could find on the record. Yeah, yeah. So you obviously have a lot of experience in this field. And a lot of the runners who are trail runners have a slightly different physique to you. You are a much more muscular build. You're, you're, not, a, you're not a big person, yeah. but you have a more upper, stronger build yeah, yeah. than many other people. Um, so even Steve Bremer, the RD of Hong Kong 100, said that you even had muscles in your ears because yeah. you look so strong. So what is it that you do? What is your secret to staying fit? You know, considering I think you're in your early 40s, I know because I, I checked your age and I'm in my late yeah, 40s, 40s. So, so <laughs> correct. So how do you, how do you stay fit? What, what do you do in terms of training to keep yourself fit and to keep yourself just generally such a strong person from the lower part all the way up to the top? I I I usually uh, buy it every day. Yeah, uh, almost uh, maybe uh, one one week six days. Yeah, on the bike. Uh, that is uh, helpful for the trail running because of the frequency and uh, a low impact. impact. Yeah, on on my leg. Yeah, and sometimes I uh, can relax on the uh, on the bike. Yeah. You you can see uh, the Poona. Many people use the bike on the recover. Yeah, that's the main point. And low impact for the muscle, I can push, push on the body uh, in my leg. That's important for the uh, long calm, I think. Yeah, so I, so I, I, I love calm because I have a this leg. <laughs> yeah, so so I can I can strong finish on on that. And then and uh, uh you you told the upper body because I swimming, so I use the pole. Uh, is a maybe maybe better for the the others. Because I, I use the uh, tricep to, to, to do that, yeah. And uh, uh, some people said they, they, they use the pole and the tricep and the bicep is so tight. And they get cramping as well in, the, in yeah. that area. Yeah, exactly. So that's maybe maybe uh, helpful for me for the for the trail running on, on this, yeah. Okay. Very good. So, you know, uh, looking, at your, looking at your ITRA scores, I see that you've done mostly, apart from Hong Kong 100 and maybe Oxfam, you only did shorter races. Yeah. And then this year, or last year, you did the Thames uh, Path 100 miles, and then you did the PTL. So the PTL, La Petite Trotte de Léon, in French. Is Petite Trotte de Léon, which is PTL. It stands for oh, Petite no, Trotte de Léon. It's, it's, it's 300K, and it's about 27,000 meters of gain over the um, Mont Blanc around the Mont yeah, Blanc yeah, yeah. and it's part of the UTMB week mm -hmm. so you did it with Thomas Lamb and Laud uh, Chorkin yeah correct so you you suddenly went from doing 30k 50k to, to suddenly doing 100 miles 
uh, in the UK, and then you did 300k in the uh, in the Alps. So, is this something that we can expect from from uh, from you in the future? Is this something that you want to go into that direction, or do you still want to continue doing the shorter stuff? And this was just to as an experience. Um, I that PTL and the uh, Oxford. Just for fun, <laughs> yeah. Because I I didn't go to uh, London and uh, the the Times River. I just for the uh, they say um I can to eat and to enjoy the the view. But the well, just uh, the first part I I can enjoy, and the and the uh, second half low view for me. Just all trail, yeah, and uh, too too cool for me. And uh, I get sleepy. I I because uh, I didn't go for long ways because uh, I I I don't like sleepy. Yeah, um, I hope to. So I do the Grand Slam because uh, I can sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm I I don't like over like the ways. And um, but the PTO, they also said I can sleep. Uh, yeah, I we can we can sleep about one day, about two or four hours. Uh, that's not enough, but but can work <laughs> yeah for, for me so and then uh, with our teammate is my friend and uh, I think this uh just for fun is a lot of ways so so I to do that yeah and uh, maybe that's a uh, other experience on on my life but my now I target the uh, the ways such a short ways about 15 under 15k is my 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 better way yeah for me but i still have one last question to ask you yep. and this is something that i did not give you the question first oh. so when 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 you finished and you won the grand sam there was a message from andre andre bloomberg yeah. the founder of the hong kong fortrails and he asked you what are you doing this chinese new year <laughs> so you know I'm sure that Thomas and uh, Choi Kin have spoken to you about their experience because they are Hong Kong 400, uh, they're four, Hong Kong four trail finishers. So, I guess my question to you is that: Is this something that would be of interest to you, at, or at least is something that you have thought about, and maybe something that in the future would you would be interested to do? And the question I also the more pressing for, uh, question is: Do you have anything planned for Chinese New Year? Yeah, I have planned on the, this uh, this list. New Year, I go to New Zealand on the ways, but not in Hong Kong. <laughs> so, but on the future, for sure maybe, but not now. But not now. I, I, I think I, I can't enjoy that journey because it's too long and I cannot sleep and a low food for me. That's and uh, I, I cannot uh, collect uh, other people, but because that is our rule, right? And not now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe future I don't know because I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Yang. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I, I'm, you know, you, your your performance this weekend was spectacular. Uh, you know, uh, it really shows just how complete you are as a runner. You can do, you know, the short stuff. You can do the long stuff. You can do Ironmans. You can do pretty much anything. So congratulations again, and we look forward to seeing uh, some amazing results in the future. Oh, thank you very much. I have uh, uh, one point. I, 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 can I talk of this course. one? Yeah. Um, as you know, I, the last year I go to Welchem on the Austria, yeah. but I get the COVID. 
I doing is very bad the result for my and and I I I I don't like that and then I use that this ways for the Hong Kong people and uh, Hong Kong teammate them uh, for the apologize yeah. Okay. yeah okay but you know you don't have to apologize because you had COVID I had COVID you know many people had COVID you know it, it can happen to anyone so you know but uh, but thank you for sharing thank you for sharing thank you much thank you very much huh? Welcome to um, uh, to Rachel Drake and to Tyler Green for uh, on this podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Um, this is on the back of the Hong Kong 100 uh, that took place just last weekend in Hong Kong. Uh, thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's fun to kind of return to Hong Kong, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking with you. Happy to be is here. This, is this your first time in Hong Kong or is it, uh, oh, you've been, you've been here before? Yeah, first time. Um, yeah, it was that was part of the draw was just to have a unique adventure in a place that we hadn't really traveled much. Um, yeah, wonderful. Uh, so let's let's get to the. I know you don't have too much time because obviously the baby's sleeping. So let's uh, let's let's start with you, Rachel. So right. I, I so you 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 ran the uh, the third, which was on the Thursday, with thirty two k, about fourteen hundred meters of elevation gain. So looking at your overall time of three hours and four minutes, well, that was a course breaking, re- uh, that was a course record, uh, uh, a new course record. Uh, and I'm looking at your splits. You always had a quite a healthy distance between you and your next rival, uh, your next runner, which uh, uh, was Yuan uh, Jin. You finished 20 minutes ahead of her. Um, but what was your strategy going into the race? Uh, did you decide to race your own race or did you want to start fast to kind of shut the door early? Um, I just, I wanted to make sure I had a really hard effort. So I, di- I didn't know where that would put me sort of competition wise. I know the the trail running scene and I mean, all of Asia is really strong right now. So I knew there would be good competition, but I just wanted to make sure that I I challenged myself and had a hard effort, um, kind of regardless of where that put me competition wise. So, um, yeah, I try not to like think too much about where I was, but I, you know, I, I didn't know how close the next, um, Mm. the next competitor was behind me and I was running scared the whole time. And I think that was good for me to, to have a hard effort. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you definitely, you, you definitely, uh, Ran fast, especially from Ham Tin, which is uh, CP uh, CP two. Uh, okay, uh, you stepped up. You really stepped up uh, the pace, uh, and there you gained another probably of another five to ten uh, ten minutes actually on on your on your next rival. So, how were you feeling okay. when you got to 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 Ham Tin? How were you feeling after the the initial stairs? Um, I think pretty good. It's so interesting because that race, you know, 33 kilometers isn't so long, but you really go through a lot of different terrain. I mean, there's a lot of road at the beginning as you're going across the dams, looking down into the into the reservoirs and then there's stairs, there's some more gradual stairs and then you run across the beach, so you're running through the sand. Uh and then you get some more steep stairs. Uh, both up and down. So it's just, it's really kind of cool to, um, to get to play on a lot of different surfaces and in different environments. 
in a short span, that? just three hours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Especially I thought that last climb was particularly harsh. Uh, I don't know yeah. how you felt and, about well, that. Well, the last, last time. descent too. I I thought the descent was especially challenging because True. you're trying to move quickly to finish the race strong, but the stairs are so short that mm. you in in order to move fast, you have to skip at least three, maybe even more stairs. But it's kind of hard to know where to put your foot because the yeah. stairs are so small. So there was actually somebody hiking up the stairs and. We we almost ran into one another and and I almost fell, you know, kind of face first down the stairs. And I was like, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to try to go that fast. But yeah. um yeah, it's yeah, it's nice because you you top out on the the very last climb before you go down. Um and it's just it feels like the highest, you know, the highest point of you know, kind of in the area. Um, and fortunately, Tyler and I, we explored that part before the race. So we got to stand up there and really look around because in the race, I was, I was more focused on where my feet were. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Was Tyler, uh, Tyler, were you supporting, uh, uh, Rachel during this race or were you just at the start finish? Yeah, there wasn't any access on the first aid station where, um, I would have. And then the second one, it said that there was like an hour hike in, yeah, which, sure. Yeah. You know, once you get all the transport and everything, it didn't it didn't make sense. So I just um I did run um, you know, they do that kind of circuitous loop around a trail, and I just took the shortcut of taking the road up so that I was able to see her oh, okay. when she hit the first dam and she her on there. So I did get a quick quick look at how she was doing, but that was very early, maybe three or four or uh five, five, six K in. Yeah. Yeah, but it was sure, nice. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Congrats, congratulations, Rachel. I mean, that was a that was a heck Thank of a you. performance. So well done, well done, well done. Fun. Now we're going to switch over to Tyler here. Uh, so Tyler, so you you ran you ran your um the the, the your the, I imagine the first uh, race of the season for you, uh, the Hong Kong One Hundred. Uh, the Hong Kong One Hundred is the first race in the World Trail uh, Majors uh, series. This new series that uh, that has taken on uh, many people by 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 storm. So. Um, my question to you is that when you finished in a time of 10 hours and 38, which is a very, very punchy time to come in third, uh, what was your strategy going into the race? Uh, well, initially it was to not go out with the guys that were going out really hard. Um, cause I knew that that was, that's just generally how things are run out there. Um, so I kind of held back, but really, you know, going into the first checkpoint, going to the second checkpoint, I would say I was like, what, one or two minutes back. So I wouldn't necessarily that say that that's really holding back that much. But um, it wasn't until so I, you know, got into the first checkpoint and like top 12 or something like that, and then just kind of gradually moved up. And that's just that's how I've been racing for quite a while. Um, and I, I do want to try the other approach of like oh let's just go out in front from the beginning and see if i can hold on um but i didn't think that this would quite be the race really it was just like kind of see how the climate affected me and um and especially try to have a really strong last half um last half of the race just knowing that that's such a challenging part of the course um so that was that was really my intention is to just get 50k as quickly as as feeling as good as possible and then um had the advice to like get my poles then as opposed to like From carrying Esther, them I think, right? yeah Esther was the one who told me that um mm -hmm. 
which was a nice piece of advice. So I grabbed my polls and that was when things really started clicking actually was, um, was 50 or 57 K in, uh, and started to feel a lot better and, and started to, well, move from fifth, fifth position into third, um, not too long after that. Yeah, because actually that's interesting because you, you came into Kaling Ha in sixth position. So you were about, what, 18 minutes behind the first place uh, runner, Pei Kuan Yu. And the eventual winner, uh, Guang Fu Meng, he was about eight minutes ahead of you. Uh, but one thing is interesting is when you look at your splits, you, you came in at sixth at Kaling Ha. And then by the, second, the next checkpoint, uh, Gilwell, uh, which was, I think, 15K and about 1,200 meters of gain. You, you, gained, you gained three places just there. So did you, yeah. gain, them, did you gain them from, from at, at, the, at, at a fast turnaround when you got to the checkpoint or was it during the, uh, the, the actual uh, section that you, you gained those places? I think one of them might have been during the checkpoint and then um, passed one guy on the f- climb out of there. And then another one I saw at the top of the climb, I saw him on the, on the ridge line shortly after there. And I thought, Oh, he's really close. Mm. And, uh, and knew that I had gained some time so that I was running well. So, you know, I think as a mental, mental boost as well to see that I was passing someone that I was going to pass someone else. And that, um, that just helped me kind of gave me some confidence and some excitement that the race was going well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, one on a side note, I think something is quite interesting is when you talk about that ridge line. I thought I think that ridge line is probably one of the most beautiful, uh, uh, you know, uh, parts of uh, of the trails in Hong Kong. You know, especially the Mac. This is on the Mac Lahose Trail. I mean, when you overlook the whole of Sai Kung like that on that on that uh, ridge line, I think it's spectacular. Yeah, it's and you were obviously you had it. You had Hong Kong on a, on a glorious day. I mean, uh, Hong Kong was was firing on all cylinders in terms of how beautiful <laughs> it was. So you were lucky to have it on a beautiful day like today, yeah. like uh, like last our week. Our entire trip. Yeah, true, true. You had you had good weather, and then and then next this week was actually quite cold, so we're all complaining. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the, the the gap between the three of you, obviously, it was you know between Pei Kuan Yu who was the the in the lead, and then uh, Guang Fu Meng who was in second place. You were third place, but the the, the gap stayed pretty much the same uh, right till the last, uh, right till the, just before the finish. So, you know, obviously, some big climbs, um, some big climbs after the second after the first half. Um, and then how were you feeling, for example, when you went up uh, Needle Hill? Were you feeling fresh? Were you, how were you feeling? Because Needle Hill, Grassy Hill is basically where I, I lost, uh, where, where, where the, uh, the, the tank uh, came on empty. So yeah. how were you well, feeling you, by that point? You also had a 30, 30K, 33K and a 56K under your belt. <laughs> so there's a little qualifier there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Needle So how were you feeling needle, by that point? Yeah. Needle Hill in particular was pretty challenging. Um, you know, it's just, it's very steep. And someone said like, oh, well, Needle Hill is short. And I was like, as I was doing it, I was like, this does not feel short to me. Um, no. But then going up the uh, paved climb towards Lead Mine Pass started to feel pretty good. And there's a few steep pitches that I hiked, but I ran a good portion of that. Um, I think the the challenge there is that I hadn't seen anyone for what three hours or something like that. And any, every piece of information that I had was that I wasn't like chewing into the gap up ahead. Um, 
So I was feeling a little bit, I don't know if apathetic is the word, but a little bit lackadaisical mm. or something mm. that, you know, I was just kind of preserving third place. Um, so I, and I was moving well, but I wasn't like in full on race mode. So um, when I realized that, you know, I finished three minutes behind Paquan Yu, uh, it was, that was the disappointing part of it. Cause I, I think, you know, if I was in that race mode of like, just going for everything, um, then, then maybe that I would have been able to catch him. Yeah, no, I, I can understand. So, so you basically had no, you, you did not know you were that close. Really yeah. Not, there too. I mean, yeah. After, after, uh, checkpoint eight, I didn't hear anything more about mm. where anyone was. Yeah. Hearing okay. that makes me think like, I should have I should have run up the trail further just to give you some beta because I don't I don't need to be at the finish line to like receive you but yeah. I would have been more useful you know five miles seven miles up the trail like telling you giving you some information I didn't I didn't just thinking of that now yeah. but I think yeah we didn't yeah we didn't really have information of like who was going to be up there or anything it was very sure. quiet yeah. on that final yeah climb. it is very quiet um, yeah, it's which yeah. was nice. It was a nice. It's a beautiful. It was nice it's a beautiful section, straight. and that's no yeah. And Time no Shan is absolutely spectacular. There. Sorry. No monkeys up there. <laughs> no, no monkeys. No monkeys. You nice. didn't have any issues with the monkeys, did you? Were they were they tame with you? They were they were they were reasonable. I had one kind of lunge at me a little bit, and then I was like, "Don't make eye contact," because we'd read the you know interpretive signs that told us to yeah. not but i think rachel had more trouble I at the a station with the monkeys and i saw i saw some great drama unfold at what was that checkpoint seven where the boy scouts had their a yeah, station yeah 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 absolutely oh my goodness i think it was paquan's crew who had his special bread set out and a monkey came and grabbed it and she chased after the monkey and was trying to get this you know it's precious runner fuel and the monkey sure. just stole it and then um, Fu Xiao was there as well, crewing the eventual winner. And a monkey came right into their picnic table and grabbed a banana and ran away. It was just, it was, it was wild. And these poor and they're, little they're boys. Very scouts, aggressive. Yeah, and these poor aggressive. little boy scouts were being chased. And they're, you know, they're just <laughs> trying to eat a hot dog. And the monkeys are chasing after them until they yeah. they drop the hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> But you didn't have any issue, Tyler. You didn't have an issue on the uh, on Golden Hill, which is Monkey Hill. Uh, that's Monkey Hill is really where there's monkeys all over. Uh, yeah, not. Road. I mean, no, no issues besides just kind of like weaving around them. But sure. yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, as we are, I know you guys, you're you're listening to this. Like, yeah, obviously, like you're dealing <laughs> with the monkeys. Like, that's nothing new. We're like, well, this is totally a new thing for us. <laughs> <laughs> so. So let's see. So you, you, um, just one question I, we, we didn't touch on. Uh, how, how were you feeling in terms of the heat? Because it, it, it was the hot, I, I think it was probably the hottest, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, Hong Kong 100 in history. I mean, it, you had, you had probably, uh, probably up to 30 degrees on the, uh, on the exposed parts during the day. How did that affect you? Because I, I, I do believe you, you live, uh, you live in Portland, is it? So I'm yeah. looking at the temperature. It's uh, it's not quite uh, 30 degrees. It's no, more like five degrees. Right so so how did that feel for you? Yeah, it was the start of the race was much hotter. That like first half was a lot hotter than the second half. Um, so you know I tried to do a few like sauna sessions, and my intention was to like get to Hong Kong and continue those. Um, but once we were there, we didn't do that, which is. Um, maybe the one thing that we kind of missed out on. 
because uh, that would have helped us, you know, be ready for hotter conditions. Um, it was, yeah, it was challenging, but I could also see that it wasn't just me who was dealing with that. There was, you know, I passed someone climbing up one of the steeper climbs and he was like, you know, stopping for a few seconds to catch his breath. And I was like, wow, it is really hot here. I'm going to have to consciously kind of hold back right now, especially if this is going to, if it's going to feel like this for the entire day. Um, but after I saw my crew halfway through, like they got me cooled down and I had like a little ice bandana, something that I've used at Western States many years. But we, um, we got that ice bandana from, from the expo, from the yeah, TA. Yeah. Like, yeah, I TA guess booth. one thing I want to say, like I, as, as a support crew, I mean, the, the other support crews, like, uh, Stingray's wife, um, she was sharing her ice with me to give to Tyler and the T8 crew had a bunch of ice. Angela, I think was her name. Like, um, Fushao was sharing their ice. Like everyone was so kind and generous. And I just, I don't know. It was really, really nice to, to feel that kind of love and support to, and to be able to take good care of Tyler. So yeah. just a great community. Yeah, it is a great community here in Hong Kong. It's, uh, yeah, I have to admit it. It's very, you know, it's uh, we're all there to help each other. At the end of the day, it's it's all for awesome. fun, you know, for, at least for us. Um, mm-hmm. So absolutely one one thing, Tyler. I mean, you you came second at the Trans Grand Canaria in twenty twenty two. You came second at Western State in a time that you know is you know quite for for most of us. It's you know it's something that's just crazy. Fifteen hours and four minutes. So out of the two races, which one do you think? or a combination of, I, I don't know, I'm asking you, what, what do you think is uh, helped you for this particular race, this Hong Kong 100? Are there any of the two races that, that have some kind of similarity? Um, well, yeah, Western States has the heat. Um, it's a drier heat. It doesn't have that sort of humidity. So I think that that um, was a beneficial experience. Uh, but then, you know, Trans Grand Canaria was much more rocky and technical, um, that probably prepared me more for, uh, Hong Kong plus the, I think the vertical was just a little bit more, um, punctuated at Trans Grand Canaria as well. Uh, and that, you know, helps you in, in these, these steeper, steeper climbing sort of courses. So I'd probably tip my hat to Trans Grand Canaria. Um, but it's all, you know, it's all part of the bigger process of like running a lot of different races and having like gaining more and more skills. And that's what I really take out of, out of Hong Kong is that this was a race that had many challenges that I hadn't quite faced before. Um, and that gives me, you know, a, a greater, like more tools in my tool belts to utilize mm. for future races as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So we, this, this is your first race in the world trails majors. Is this something that you, um, is this a series that you intend to 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 run in this year or what's your plan for this year in terms yeah of- um to i think you can you know the, the to to complete the to you can you can use two races to um mm. count towards to your qualify. final yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and i plan on running mute as well madeira island ultra trail um i think also that connects well because it has um quite a few stairs. So I think they'll complement one another quite well. Mm. Uh, those are the only two that I have on my docket at the moment. Um, we've talked a little bit about Cape 
town as well. But definitely this, I'm uh, really excited about the World Trail Majors. Um, and just all like when that came out, I looked at all of the races and thought, oh, this is this is a great list of races. And these are mm. a number of races that I've wanted to do for quite some time. Uh, Mount Fuji is one. And then actually in two weeks, we are going to um, to Black Canyon, which is the next one in the series. Oh, yes. uh, be racing that in the 100k so who 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 will be racing that one uh rachel you'll rachel. be racing that one so you're yep. doing the 100k there yeah okay yeah very interesting yeah good 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 so so on, on coming back to hong kong so um i see that you you spend a lot of time with uh with uh with esther uh esther chillag uh esther yeah. chillag is is you know probably i think is the the, the top uh ultra runner in hong kong uh definitely you know with her with her uh, her performances in, in the western states and so on yeah. so He's um how, did you know you did you know each other before hong kong 100 or or is it just when you came over that you got to know each other yeah we we have a mutual friend in katie asmith um so esther and katie battled head to head at western states and so they have a, a close friendship and Katie introduced us and then Esther and I, I think we probably, we hung out, you know, five times in the two weeks that we were there. So I feel like we're, we're good friends now. And I just really enjoyed her company and I'm just so grateful for her, for her showing us around the trails. And the last night we were there, her and her daughters came by our hotel and delivered a giant bag of brown sugar mochi, which was a treat that she had been sharing with me on the trails. And um, I'm just so happy to have met her. And it's funny because when we go home, I'm normally just super excited to be back. And I was actually kind of sad because I was I was already missing the friends that I made there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's that's a good way to that's a, a sign of a good holiday and a good yes. a good experience yes. in Hong Kong. Absolutely. Yeah. So on a, she she asked me a few she asked uh, she she gave me a few questions for you um, and uh, one of them uh, the first one is how do you organize your daily schedule with the trainings of both of you uh, having a one year old a one and a half year old Louis at home and so obviously for me it's not a problem because my kids are now you know they're they're sixteen and you know going on thirty one but. Um, but obviously, uh, for you, it's you know, it's 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 the beginnings of your of your of your parenthood. So obviously, that 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 becomes a little bit more complicated. So how mm -hmm. does that? How how do you manage your time? It's definitely a patchwork of when are you running and when am I running and what other um, what other jobs and things do we have to do? And uh, sometimes it means uh, having Lewis in the stroller, sometimes running as well, which add some extra strength training. Uh, so yeah, there's no, we haven't quite figured anything out. We've been talking about like, maybe we do like a, you get four hours and you know, you can do the work that you need to do and go for your runs and whatever. And then I'll take the next four hours. So maybe in the future we'll, we'll sharpen it up a little bit, but at the moment it's kind of hit day it. by day. Tag sure. team. So you don't, you don't train together as such. You, you don't train together. You, you kind of, have your own time to do what you have to do for yourselves. No, the only training we do together is we do a, we do a strength class one night a week, and that's really the only time that we yeah. are together. Which is difficult because we used to run together all the time, but since Lewis was born, we 
we haven't run together as much. And that was the nice thing about being in Hong Kong is that we got to do a lot of runs together. Mm. Okay. So one more question from Esther. Uh, well, a few more questions. Uh, she says, how do you guys set, um, set for the new year? How do you set your goals for the new year? Both of you are pursuing personal goals, uh, which may be demanding, obviously, on a family. Um, but how do you how do you set how do you share uh, maybe you can share what you develop uh, uh, how you develop your goals to support you know or how do you how do how do you plan your 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 year and how do you plan your goals uh, as new parents? Um, as far as our racing goes, it's a little bit more of like we know you know just following the sport. Um, it we know a lot of the races. And it's kind of, at least I'll say on my end, um, of thinking about thinking through the different races that are on the calendar, mostly the ones that we haven't done and kind of seeing what sparks our interest and excitement because, you know, it takes a lot of time to train and it's sure. a hard and arduous process to train. Um, so you want to find something that excites you, uh, and and that sometimes takes time and it kind of reveals itself uh this year i think is a prime example of like we really didn't know for sure that we were going to hong kong until maybe a month six weeks yeah. before okay. um where it was like okay we're gonna do this and started really training for it um so yeah that's but but you know i think these things kind of reveal themselves somewhat that being said, there are certain races like Western states that are very much like, okay, this is, this is going to take up, you know, April yeah, the, and May and June mm -hmm. in preparation for this thing, because that's like kind of more of a, um, a set in stone race that mm. I will do. And that Rachel will most likely do. Well, maybe. <laughs> we <must see. laughs> Actually one, one question that, uh, that Esther asked, uh, Am I right, Rachel? Is 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 Tyler your coach? Or yeah, so he he's oh. like my primary trail running coach, and then I have another coach that helped with my road marathon, and who has continued to help with some of the more speed sided things. So there's a this Bowerman, the Bowerman Track Club has a elite division, and they all get together and do you know flatter, faster runs, and I feel like. Um, I am a very social person, so I love going to to practice where I get to run with with other people and um, not be not be a lone wolf in training. So it's nice to to have that component. But yeah, Tyler, Tyler's my my primary coach. And how does that work? I mean, you being together uh, and then he's being your coach, uh, any, uh, any, any, any pros and there might be some cons as well. I mean, I think, I think, well, I feel bad for him because I think I'm kind of a difficult person to coach. I, I mean, you've coached me since 2019, 18, yeah, probably. 2018, I think. Okay. So, I mean, he's coached me for quite a while and I've had different requests over the years, um, I used to at, tell him that I didn't want to know anything I was doing until the day of. And no so, problem. but now I tell him that I want to know more in advance. So he kind of, I feel bad. He has to roll with the punches and with my whims. But one thing I've started doing that I think helps is I'll say, okay, put your coaching hat on now. Like treat me like an athlete. Let's have a conversation about this. Okay. Put your husband hat on now. 
um, yeah. just to kind of like, it's a code switch between the different, because it's a different relationship, uh, sure. you know, a partner and a, like a life partner versus a coach. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very interesting. Uh, one more question here uh, to you, Rachel. Um, uh, Esther asks, uh, you've been quite open uh, on your, on your uh, Instagram about the journey back into competitive running after postpartum. Um, it was troublesome, it wasn't easy, and it was interrupted. Um, but now you are in your shining days. Um, what are your takeaways you, uh, that you've learned? <laughs> what are the takeaways that you've learned um, and you would advise other women uh, who are thinking about having a baby? Yeah, I think it's it's something that's so wonderful. Like being a mother is so wonderful and beautiful. And and part of that too is um, you know, meeting people like Esther. And Esther's a mother of of two, and she has had an incredible, you know, incredible performances after having her two daughters. And mm. um, I love I loved meeting with her and hearing her journey, but then I also I also want to acknowledge that, you know, she's, she's different than I am and what, what worked for her might not necessarily work for me and what worked for me might not necessarily work for someone else. So my lesson with all of that is, um, to listen to your body and know that the, the whole post, the whole pregnancy and postpartum journey is very individual mm -hmm. and, and the most important thing is to be patient with yourself and, um, you know, I, I do think that you, anyone who has a baby, you know, has the potential to be faster. There are a lot of really advantageous physiological changes that occur, but in order to benefit from that, you do need to be patient with yourself and love yourself and, and not try to force anything. And I think if you can do that, um, things will go really well, but yeah, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. Well, let's see, uh, Tyler, you, you're up next. Uh, so um, the next question is, uh, you had a fantastic 2022, and yet you were also a father of a small baby. How did that affect you as a runner? And did that affect your training, your way of racing in any sense? Or were you, uh, you were the, because you were also, you were the closest to Rachel throughout the journey. So obviously, you know, that, that plays a, a big part. So what is your takeaway from, uh, you know, seeing Rachel go through that journey and as a coach, as a, as a runner, basically the whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah, it was a definitely a new year of experiences. Um, we also, we benefited from, um, at least not, I stepped away from my teaching job in a middle school. Um, and so that freed up some time. Um, but it also, then we had a baby and so that created its own challenges, uh, and, and time restraints, uh, within all of that, uh, Rachel and I have, um, you know, we've, like we said, just like kind of tag teamed it. Um, we've had some really good support, um, especially from Rachel's parents in going with us, uh, to trans Grand Canaria, um, and having, um, Rachel's parents and then my parents both uh, in Chamonix with us um, at times during UTMB. And so we've had that, yeah, great support. I think that that's been an extreme benefit for us. Um, but I think also like it's been a creative process of training with Lewis. Um, like I said, like stroller runs, I don't fully enjoy them because it's, you know, you don't get the same sort of 
you know, you can't swing your arms and it's not quite as free feeling of, um, of running. But I, va- I vaguely remember the days of stroller running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you a, get... we had a mountain buggy, a mountain buggy from, uh, from New Zealand. Okay. And it oh, was a cool. very basic one, but uh, it, it ran well. It ran well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and, but you get stronger from doing those things. Like you have to Absolutely. push an extra amount of weight, and you, when you're yeah. doing that uphill, like that creates a little extra resistance. And uh, one of the things that I've done um, is just we have our little our Osprey Poco, which is like the um, like a backpack that you put Lewis that we put Lewis in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're great. It's great. Like it's a bonding experience because we're going on a hike together. But I also go and climb steep hills with him on my back. And that is a very functional way to train and get some additional strength. So, um, yeah, he's a, he's a benefit in, in many ways, if you come to look at it like that and, and, um, and take advantage of what having a kid brings you. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. So just to finish off, because I know you, you, you need your time, uh, your, your, your time, uh, whilst oh, baby's sleeping. <laughs> Um, so a question here from, uh, Steve Bremer, the RD from, from the Hong Kong 100, uh, what was your highlight of your trip here in Hong Kong? You were the highlight, Steve. No, <laughs> no <laughs> seriously. He really, I mean, him and Janet, like they, well, I'll let you give your own answer, but I mean, they were so welcoming and Steve, you know, the moment we landed in Hong Kong, he sent us a, a text message and he said, okay, here's how you get to the hotel. Here's how you find the airport express. How's everything going? Did you get breakfast? Do you, what do you need? How can I support you? And I've just, I'm so impressed with how wonderful everyone we met was, but especially Steve and Janet. I mean, the the community is just like, bring it brings tears to my eyes, the, the people that we met. And um, I feel very fortunate to have just felt that, that much love and, I mean, that's really saying something because the, the training community in the United States is like the reason that I'm in the sport. I just love the people that I meet in the sport. And so to to feel that to an even higher degree, you know, halfway across the world is really special. Yeah, I'll just um, piggyback off of that with just like the community that we we got to meet and just see the way that um, the way that uh trail running thrives in, in Hong Kong, um, was pretty, was pretty special. So, um, yeah, we, we definitely came home with full hearts That's and excited for the rest of the year. So just, just to finish off, because, uh, this came up, uh, uh, you know, you obviously, you, uh, Tyler, you came third in the Hong Kong 100, uh, Rachel, you came first in the third. Is there any, are there any, you know, future plans for you to come back? Maybe Rachel, you try to go for the hundred, and maybe Tyler, you be the uh, the the support, and you go for the third. Who knows? Uh, is there are there any plans, or is there something that might happen in the future? I would like to go back. I would. I let me rephrase that. I would love to go back. Um, I don't know what you know next year will bring, but I yeah, I would. I would be very happy to go back. Maybe for the hundred or the half, or someday the the grand, the all three like you. 
<laughs> you get a green you get a green uh hoodie oh you get oh let's see that sweatshirt that's cool oh that's nice <laughs> yeah it's and it's very functional now because it's cold in the house so obviously ah. it, it, it plays a good role <laughs> well thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak to us uh it was a, it was a pleasure to have you both on the podcast and uh i wish you all the best for uh for this year ahead and we'll definitely be following you guys and uh and, and cheering you on from hong kong Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah. Thanks, Elliot. Appreciate it. Okay. They were great interviews. Loved there we it. go. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good. Huh? They, they, yeah. Um, you know, they yeah. 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 So that was. Yeah, it's interesting listening to Tyler uh, not knowing, you know, in the, the back third, not knowing how, you know, he yeah. wasn't that far away, the distance between him and first place. He didn't know it. And uh, he kind of, if he yeah. did, he might have, you know, just pushed a little bit. But, more. you know, all, all it took, all it took was like if there was one cameraman just there saying, oh, by the way, you're five minutes off, yeah. you know. Because there were cameramen across the, but just if they, but the problem is that area doesn't have much coverage. So they didn't have mm. any, any footage there, but just that would have made a huge difference because he would have, he would have immediately known and he would have accelerated because yeah. he was, he was just, yeah. But you know, it is what it is. That's, that's trail running for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But they I were find nice it people, amazing. very nice people. Yeah, I find it amazing. Rachel getting a three hour third in, and yet it's uh, you know uh, new to the course. What was the weather like on those days? Was it was it a good sunny hot day? So the the uh, the first the first day was warm and it was humid. It was humid actually. It was a bit a bit yeah a bit stuffy. Um, but the second day and the third day um, it was drier, but it got it got warm. It got very warm. So the by 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 Hong Kong 100, like the full distance, it was it was very warm. Um, mm. I think we probably reached close to 30 degrees. I think if not 30 degrees on the peaks, uh, so it was definitely warm. Uh, wow. And wow. I think a lot of people suffered <laughs> suffered. I mean, you had you have a huge DNF rate, uh, so a lot of people uh, they went out a bit quick. They got hit by the uh, by the heat, and you know it was a cramp fest uh, amongst other things. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, good to hear you had the exact opposite conditions I did. <laughs> I was dreaming of 30 <laughs> degrees, and you guys would have been dreaming of cold. Yes, <laughs> great. Yeah, but it's uh, it looks like they're going into the uh, uh, the World Trail Majors. Uh, they're doing the, the Whiskey Canyon next, I guess, and I heard they were thinking it's of the Black Canyon as well. The Black Canyon. Yeah, there's the Black Canyon. But I'm sure they, serve, they might serve whiskey, who knows? But uh, but yeah, they it's the Black Canyons, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Rachel's I think it's actually a... doing the Black Canyon. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, I was thinking of uh, there's another race that Jamal Corey does. It's something to do with whiskey. Uh, I don't know how much is drunk. Well, the is drunk. No, there's some whiskey but sort Javelina. of ultra. Oh, maybe Jamal Corey does in the US yeah. somewhere. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm I too own, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did watch a YouTube video of him doing marking the course out uh, there. But yeah, so uh, uh, I guess they'll be looking at uh, getting their positions on the uh, trail majors table, which I saw has popped yes, up, absolutely. which is uh, 
that'll be interesting to see how that uh, changes over the next uh, several races. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So what you got planned next? So I'm I'm um, I'm going big this year. I'm going big. Say no, go you're big not doing go four. On. You're not doing four trails again, are you? No, I'm not doing four trails. I'm not doing four trails this year. No, I, I uh, four trails is uh, a thing of the past for the moment. Um, it's always at the back of the mind, but uh, not this year. Mm. Um, I'll be doing the uh, Swedish hundred mile challenge. So I'll be doing uh, it's a grand slam. So I'll be doing four Swedish uh, four hundred miles in Sweden. Uh, so one is in a, in April, then July, then September, then November, finishing okay. with the Kulamanen, the one with the um, you know with the fire breathing uh, uh, Viking on his horse. Uh, that yeah. should be fun. Um, mm. And I'm on the wait list for I'm first on the wait list for the Transcania 246, which is what I did last year. Um, mm. So um, you know I was fourth on the wait list. Now I'm first on the wait list. So. Odds are I'll probably get a spot, and uh, that's in August. Hmm. So if that's the case, then I'll be uh, I'll be putting in quite a bit of uh, work during this year. Oh, cool, cool. So sounds fun. all, yeah, sounds all yeah. fun. Uh, hopefully, it uh, all goes well. And I uh, hope so. Trying to think, what other big races we got coming up? We got uh, the Seven Dragons, so the next, uh, Nine Dragons. Sorry, Nine Dragons coming nine up. Dragons, soon, yeah, nine Dragons. Nine Dragons. So the Nine Dragons yeah. is coming up on the 16th of February. Then you've got Solomon 100 uh, one week later. Mm. Uh, uh, and then, you know, progressively in March, you have the uh, you have the Lantau 70, you have Victoria 162. Um, you know, there's a few races. And then progressively oh. towards uh, the end of the season, you've got back to country of origin again. Uh, uh, the most important race in the calendar, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. When you have an opportunity yeah. to dress up, there's nothing like it. Yeah, nothing like yeah, getting dressed, having beer, and running through the hills can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting they moved. Is so the Lantau seventy is that a permanent fixture in the March uh, calendar? Now? Uh, it used it to is... always be in October. It used to be like uh, just a week after the moon uh, moon trekker. Yeah, it used to always be end of October. So this year it's March. We'll see. I don't know. I have I, I haven't heard from 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 uh, Jeremy whether this is something and Jeremy and Valerie. If this is something that's going to continue with these dates, or they're going to continue. They're going to move it back to October. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a better um, time in the year, in my personal opinion. You know, with it being cooler because October is just getting what well, is every year is getting hotter and hotter, isn't it? So I think March is a much yeah. more. Uh, sensible month uh well it's kind of it. it's yeah it's still hitting it's still hitting miss it's still hitting miss. yeah true true so, look at hong kong 100 you know obviously you had 30 degree true. temperatures uh, a few years ago you yeah. had ice on the top of time ocean uh so you know yeah it's big but, variables but you know what it would it would have been a few days later then there would have been ice because it, there was ice actually on the top of time ocean just a few days ago so yeah. um it went down to minus i think minus two almost one minus two so uh okay so yeah yeah so there was definitely frost on top okay positively mild okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay not so, for us not for us yeah it's actually not so bad the cold as long as you're uh you know you got the right gear you're wrapped up you know uh i i, I tried these really cool shoes uh for the snow and ice uh they were from uh a brand uh scarpel scarpa 
Scarpa Rebel, they're Scarpa. called. And they have, yeah. they look like boots, but they're not. It's actually the Rebel model, but they've attached like a gator. So it's like a neoprene yeah. gator that you zip up and down. And the good thing about this is, is, is uh, and it's got the BOA system as well, which uh, I quite like the BOA system. Uh, the thing with not having a gator is, is that if you have shoelaces, it needs temperatures in the cold, ice builds up and you end up. And I saw quite a few people with these ice balls, literally about yeah. uh, eight to 10 centimeters. And they'll, if you're running, they'll just keep bouncing up and bouncing against your shins. You know, if, if you watch the spine, there's a couple of documentaries, you'll see some of the athletes with basically their shins are just rubbed red raw, basically, and they're bleeding because of these ice balls that form on the, the laces. Uh, you know, so I, I had uh, ice forming, you know, the little zip at the bottom of my waterproof uh, pants. I had ice balls uh, forming on that, you know, so they were getting quite uh, annoying. You know, it's just amazing where, you know, the wet, the wind, it, you know, all this ice and everything forms all over you. But uh, anyway, enough about ice. So uh, I think yeah, that's, you just, I just got cold. I just got yeah. cold. I think it's time to go to talk about something warm. Yes, yes. Uh, well, I've still got my beer here. Uh, I think the only thing we've just got to mention is basically, you know, for those that haven't signed up to track yet, you can please, you know, please go to uh, trahk.org. I believe it's $100 still to, to join and uh, have your say in the future and uh, development of uh, this sport. So absolutely. I think that's it from me. I've got nothing yep. else. Okay, but uh, yeah, if somebody wants to contact us, if they have any ideas, who would they like to hear from, or if they who they don't want to hear from, might be me. I don't know. Uh, please just just drop us a line. You know, it's, I'm easily found on Facebook. So is Elliot as well. So we're pretty prominent on socials. So yeah, I guess for now it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. You take care, Steve. Yeah, time. take care. Yeah, bye. bye.